Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. We do management, promotion, and booking. If you're in entertainment and I can help you in any way, please feel free to get in touch. Check out nhte.net and explore the site. Also, be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as they want us to say, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Joining me today on location in Orlando, Florida, my guests are a sister duo who are currently planning towards new music for next year. They continue performing all around the Sunshine State including playing some very notable venues and events that we will talk about today, while also going back and forth to Nashville. The girls have been extremely successful building their following to the tune of a combined 340,000 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You've been hearing a song of theirs entitled Take Two. For the second straight week, we have a sister duo that has been on NHTE before. My guests today previously appeared on this show way back on episode 63, so it's my pleasure to welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, Diamond Dixie, Gabriella, and Bianca LaDuc. Hey, Bruce. Hey, <laughs> Ladies, thanks for coming out today to sit and talk with me. It's always great to see you both and to finally have you back on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. It's certainly been a while since oh, we yeah. were on Now Hear This Entertainment. <laughs> yeah. A lot has happened since April 2015 when oh, it, episode 63 of the show came wow. out featuring the two of you. But before we get into all that, let's first have you tell the listeners about the song of yours that we were just playing called Take Two. Yeah, so Take Two is a song that we wrote with our really good friend Callie Rohde in Nashville about two years ago? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Um, we said that in harmony. <laughs> um, but it's basically a song about like um, just being in this relationship that never really went anywhere. You were kind of like kind of like friend zoned, I guess. And like you yeah. were friendly with each other. But then like you grow up um, and you really just like both of you kind of fall into that relationship. And it's kind of like one of those things where like it takes time for that relationship to like grow. Um, yeah. So, it's, so like, it's like, oh, like, can we try this again? Like kind of take two at the ah. relationship. I yeah. Guess, so cool storyline. Yeah. Whose idea was it? Was um, it Callie's? I idea? think it was actually Callie's idea. Yeah. It's funny because when we started writing this song, um, us three girls were just like, hey, let's talk about boys. And so we're like, okay, cool. <laughs> and so like 15 minutes into it, we're just like, hey, we have this really cool idea. Let's write it. So yeah. it's really cool. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good, I, I, I always love that first question of the show to ask the guest, you know, where a song came from. Because in my opinion, other than songwriters festivals, you don't really get to hear the artist talk too much oh, yeah. about what went into it. And so mm-hmm. The creativity, kind of that, you know, let's talk about boys, you know, or, (laughs) you know, or or sometimes, obviously, as the two of you know, I'm preaching to the choir, but sometimes it's, we just made it up. It's not from personal experience. It's not actually a true story. We just, and it's really (laughs) weird because as songwriters, um, you really just kind of need to like channel that inner like storyteller, I guess. So even, even if it's like a story you haven't experienced, you need to like channel other people's emotions to like write a song 
that someone else might be like relating to. So it's it's a cool like art. I yeah, guess. <laughs> it definitely is. And I'll bet you on that note though, Bianca, I'll bet you that when you do write a song that you say like, ah, oh, it's just you know, I'm glad you cranked one out, but it doesn't really have any. There's no personal attachment. And then mm-hmm. someone comes back and tells you, wow, thank you for writing that song. That probably makes you feel like a million bucks. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. that's happened to us before, where yeah. we'll like write a song, put it on the back burner because it's like, eh, it's just like one of those songs, and then we'll like play it for a friend and they're like wow that was really good like they totally felt that and I was like really yeah so then we'll like bring it back yeah definitely it's weird how you can write about someone's story and it doesn't really mean that much to you but it means so much to the other person yeah so I think it's really cool yeah yeah and I know that myself you know I'm trying to help people too through through doing this show that Mm -hmm. I want them to be entertained but I want them to also learn from my guests I want them to learn from me and when you get that email from someone saying as a result of your interview with so-and-so, I'm now doing this. It makes wow. you feel like a million That's awesome. bucks. That's and awesome. it's not that I don't take that attitude going into every show, just like yeah. the two of you writing a song. But like you said, sometimes you just go, okay, that was good, and it's done, and you move on, and you don't yeah. realize that, wow, that actually touched someone. Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. really cool. So let's see here. Where do I begin? Wow. Uh, for starters, <laughs> I believe that three years ago, you came to the studio to do this show as 17 and 15-year-olds. That sounds about right. Well, yeah. it, it would make you now 20 and 18? Yes. Okay. So before we get into all the music stuff, um, what has changed in your personal lives now that you're both 18 and over? And, and Bianca in particular, with all these high school graduations going on, would this have been your year for that? Because I do remember that you were homeschooled yes. at that time. Yes, we were homeschooled. I personally went to high school for a half a semester, and then halfway through my freshman year, I became homeschooled. And then halfway through yeah. Gabriella's um junior year she became homeschooled so that we can work on music right actually I think the last time we were on now hear this um it was only a couple months into our homeschooling life I guess because 15 and 17 like I think that's right when we left high school yeah so so anyway so most of my high school experience has been like through homeschool so yes this is actually my year of like graduating and it's weird to see like all my friends like the cap and gowns and like the part like the graduation parties and everything um and then they're like oh are you having a graduation party i'm like no No. (laughs) like i'm homeschooled like that'd be weird (laughs) but no honestly like my parents are gonna set up the stage in the backyard and yeah she's gonna walk around and everything i'm gonna walk oh here's my diploma no i thought it'd be so funny like my diploma's coming in the mail so i thought it'd be so funny to like dress up in a cap and gown and have like the mailman like give me my diploma (laughs) (laughs) super creative the the, uh the commencement speech is longer than the presentation of the diploma because it's just you coming up and going okay thanks exactly Exactly, exactly. We have like five different people get up and give speeches, (laughs) all just because Bianca's graduating. Exactly, yeah. Well, but even uh, listeners, we pulled up at the same time. We parked here at this location where we're recording, and I would guess, I mean, I know that back in 2015 when we did it, I know that I think both of your parents were there, so maybe... One of you, Bianca, you probably weren't even driving then. That's so, right. oh, yeah. So in terms wasn't. of what has changed in your personal lives, probably oh, yeah. something like driving. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, a lot has happened in like. Oh yeah, we both got cars. Years. Oh yeah. I'd say that's a pretty major development yeah. in your personal life. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, just one more personal question that I'll use to transition into all the music stuff. Uh, I know that you're very committed to each other as sisters, and you're both really committed to Diamond Dixie, but. Mm-hmm. 
three years later now, have you had some heartfelt conversations with each other about how the band has to come first, no matter how cute the boy is and how serious <laughs> the relationship gets? You know, it's weird. Bianca and I are kind of like... It's like music is our number one thing. Like, it doesn't matter, like, what guy is out there. It doesn't even matter, like, some friends that come in the way. I mean, I know that sounds terrible, but music is, it's our work, and it's what we love to do. So that's our number one, um, which school should probably be up there, but school's, like, number two. (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, number Um, two. (laughs) And then, like, social life is number three. So in that order, you know, that's kind of, like, how we prioritize, like, everything. Yeah, and I was going to say, we've just kind of, like, trained our mind to, like, think of like oh music is first because it's what we love to do and so even though it is our work I guess like it it doesn't seem like work to us because it's something we we're just like loving to do so I have just found ourselves just putting music first anyway Mm -hmm. like in front of like social life and all that stuff (laughs) (laughs) right and I would say in the past couple of years like since 2015 um because of that reason us like putting our music first and like being so committed to it that's how we have gotten um the success that we've gotten since then yeah you know our following the gigs that we've gotten going back and forth to Nashville so and all just the different opportunities that we've gotten Yeah, and I guess I don't want to say it's no different because it is, but it's no different than if you had a job at a department store and you go, well, sorry, cute boy, but I work tonight. So it's like, (laughs) well, you know, sorry, but we have to go play a gig. We have to quote, I'm holding up air quotes, listeners, we have to go to work now. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, I mean, it's it's a very different type of work. But but so then I should back up then. So Gabriella, uh, college or, and, and Bianca, I guess the same thing, because now that you are at these ages where you're done with high school, yeah. um, because I don't know, I mean, how will that work or, or are you, we actually take online courses, online college courses. Uh, so I've okay. been taking them for, this is going into my third year. Um, and then Bianca's actually been doing like dual enrollment. So she's already yeah. been oh, wow. taking college courses. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it actually, it makes it so flexible for us to continue to do music and travel and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, because everything's online. So it's like, right. And they're actually really lenient with the deadlines. They so are. They're very lenient. Really so. <laughs> yeah. Could you extend my deadline? Oh, and by the way, if you'd like us on Facebook, that would be real helpful. Too. <laughs> oh, wink, wink. Exactly. <laughs> So then with that, uh, wow, listeners, the girls have been all about growing the Diamond Dixie brand in addition to the music. One example is I know that you have a full line of merchandise. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this might be a little apples to oranges, but I remember back on episode 202 when Canadian singer-songwriter Beth Marie Anderson talked about her first time going to the CMA fanfare and finding out that she totally overdid it in terms of oh, merchandise. No. So she recommended really starting small have have the two of you found it to be beneficial to have all this merchandise or or would you maybe agree with beth marie and recommend to artists who are just starting out to keep it simple and not go hog wild with merchandise just yet out of personal experience i feel like if you're if you're just starting out um with putting out merchandise definitely start with just like a few items to see like how well it goes and how well your fan base responds to it because that's what happened to us and i think like the first few shirts we put out there like, I think one did, like, really good, and the one didn't. So yeah. it's really good to just, like, start with a few and just put a few out at a time just to see, like, what your fans are responding to. And then as you find that out, then you can, like, go into more of the direction of what they're liking and everything. So then you'll start building more and more um, merchandise. So that's, I feel like, where we're at right now because right. we're starting to put out, like, more merchandise out there, and we're getting, like, a lot of 
a really good response from it. We definitely yeah. are. And also, when you first start out, I remember we put out stuff that we liked, and that was the stuff that wasn't selling. So uh, you really yeah. want to ask your fans and your audience like what they want to wear and yeah. what they want to rep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's going to sell. Yeah. And as we'll talk about a little later, that is one of the benefits of having the big social media following is oh, yeah. you can say, hey, guys, what do you want to see? Or if we did you know, coffee mugs, would mm-hmm. y'all buy yeah. those? And right. for people- we need to do that. Coffee we do- mugs? <laughs> we do, honestly. <laughs> Our fans love coffee just like us. Oh, so. yeah. Well, and, and I'm, I'm in my head, I'm picturing a water bottle and I'm not coming up with the word water bottle. So I'm like, say something else, say something else. And I'm like, <laughs> coffee mug, like... Who wants a coffee mug? Like, <laughs> yeah. we have a, we have this cupboard at home that's filled with more coffee mugs than anybody could ever know. Oh yeah, and they're all like those Starbucks coffee mugs from like yes. from different places we've been to. And it's like, okay, we need to chill on buying the coffee mugs. <laughs> that's like I have this I have this presentation that I do where I say, like, have a promotional item that makes sense for your podcast, for your business, for whatever your brand is. Right. And I always say, if somebody hands me one more koozie, like <laughs> oh, I swear I'm just going to throw it in. I and know. so I was doing this presentation here in Orlando, actually, where I said that and I said, you know, and so I, the point I was trying to make to the audience is, and, and listeners, I, I want you to understand where this is coming from, because especially if you're a performer, you can learn from this as well. But, you know, I, I said, if, if, you're, if you're handing me a koozie and you're an attorney, like, how am I going to make that connection? <laughs> yeah, you know, right. So, you know, have something that really kind of like if you're in the trades, like maybe have um, something that's like a little screwdriver, but it mm-hmm. has your brand or your website mm-hmm. on there. And I'll go, yeah, because that guy's a handyman. Right. And so after I had said this about, you know, come on, how is a koozie going to make me think of an attorney or a CPA or whatever? <laughs> yeah. This guy who's an attorney came up to me afterwards oh, and he's no. like, just so you know, I have koozies. He's like, oh, and, I, no. and I love them. I, I blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow. okay, well, I'm going to take my foot out of my mouth and go back up to my yeah. room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, listeners, as a public service, especially to those who are musicians, I will warn you that you can get hog wild getting carried away with a different type of merchandise. I'm talking about all the cool equipment and gadgets that there are for recording, be it recording song ideas, demos, or even recording an EP or an, an album or even recording one of your live performances. In any of those cases, as well as lots more recording, you want to be looking at all that Tascam has available. Right now, the girls and I are recording with a real simple setup, a couple of Tascam TM60 microphones, the DR44WL handheld recorder that the mics are going into, and I'm wearing my Tascam headphones. There's so, so much to see. If you're a hobbyist or a recording artist or heck, even a podcaster, <laughs> all at Tascam.com. That's T-A-S-C-A-M.com. Ladies, I want to pick back up on all the work that you've put into Diamond Dixie, not merchandise, but as I said, social media. Obviously, you've really excelled in that area, but given all the other demands of the band and, and the brand, not to mention being just you know 18 and 20-year-old girls, mm-hmm. how do you manage to do such a good job keeping up with everything on all these platforms? For instance... On Instagram alone, I do see the two of you actively responding to comments that people put on your posts. And that's not a quick task when you have as big a following as Diamond Dixie does. I think it's really funny because since we're teenage girls, like in this generation, we're just like used to being on social media. So it doesn't even... Like, it doesn't even seem like it's work to me because right. I'm just having fun just, like, posting different things and commenting to different people and everything. And it's just, like, 
it's a fun hobby for me. It really is. I think so too. And replying to direct messages, I think direct messages are awesome because that fan is taking their own personal time to reach out to you and say like, mm-hmm. Hey, you guys are so awesome. I listen to your music. Like we think that's so awesome. So yeah. it's not even like, like Bianca said, it's not even like, Oh my gosh, we have to go reply to all these comments and stuff. It's not like we don't want to do that. Like that's awesome to us. Yeah. So But it's not a case of, um, okay, you're going to do it today or we're going to do social media from noon to 1230. It's just kind of... Oh, no. It's always like, oh, we just have our phones in our hand. And if we're like out with friends or something and we're like waiting in line for something, we'll just like flip out our phone and just go on social media and reply to comments and post stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's very spontaneous. Very spontaneous. It's funny because sometimes like I'll post to our Instagram story and after like two days, I'll be like, Bianca you need to post to our story too yeah. because like our fans are only seeing me. Yeah. So that's the thing with like two people running one account. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like we totally like do it spontaneously. Yeah. <laughs> but is it ever two people running one account becomes a problem because you clash and you go, oh, I was just posting something over here. Should I stop? No, I haven't noticed anything. I feel like there's literally only been one instance where you posted something and I posted something like, directly like right after Mm. but besides that there's never been anything that like clashed right if there was one other thing that I can think of sometimes like I'll reply to a fan after Bianca just did and I didn't see that she replied so they get two answers they get two answers (laughs) (laughs) which I mean I guess that's not a bad thing but yeah Yeah, and I was gonna say as close as the two of you are I'm gonna take an educated guess that it's pretty close to the same answer yeah usually same emojis and everything (laughs) well so take us inside the architecture of your social media do you have a calendar set out for what's getting posted when or is it wake up and decide each day is there a ton of thought and strategy put into those posts or, or am i overthinking it and it's just <laughs> it's just really you know be spontaneous I'm, I'm forever referring to the seinfeld episode where that's a show became a popular expression what did you do today george <laughs> nothing that's a show uh, that's <laughs> you funny. know it's not really scheduled like we do have kind of a basic idea for like the week we'll be like okay monday we have to post about the gig this weekend and like wednesday we have a video coming out so mm-hmm. we need to post about that um but we don't have anything like written out we try to stay on top of our social media Mm -hmm. um so that we don't fall behind in the past it's like okay we'll look at our social media and it's like five days went by we didn't post anything you know something like that will happen but as we're growing our following though we're trying to be more like aware of um like when we're posting and everything so when we're out like in a social setting like I remember we went to Disney with our friends. Um, So we just like had in our mind like, oh, look for like a photo op or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just like have it in the back of our mind of like, oh, we are going to post today. So like we will take a picture like here today at Disney or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the most part, it's not really like super strict and like super scheduled. So Okay. But the three of us, we all follow each other. Mm -hmm. And so I notice, you know, when Gabriella, when you post on your personal one and same thing with you Mm -hmm. versus, you know, when y'all are posting as Diamond Dixie. So does that ever become a case of, you know, selfie? Oh, wait a minute. Which one am I posting this on? (laughs) You know, that's so funny that you said that. On Monday, Bianca and I took a picture and Bianca was setting up the camera. And so she's like, okay, just stay there. And so I was staying in the spot that we were taking a picture and she snapped a quick like, test picture I don't know what you yeah. want to call it um, just to make sure the lighting and everything was good well it was a good picture of me and later um, my mom ended up taking a picture of the both of us in the same exact spot mm-hmm. um, and so once we were done with that 
I was like, okay, are you going to be mad at me if I post the picture that you took of me on my personal <laughs> while we post the one of us together on Diamond Dixie? And she's like, no, it's fine. Yeah, but for the most part, we'll just post, like for Diamond Dixie, we'll post um, pictures of like the both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we'll post like individual pictures. That's kind of rare though. Yeah. On our personal though, we try to focus on just like more personal, like I guess. more like individual. Yeah. I think. Well, and I'm glad you brought up the issue of, you know, the, the deeper you get into the strategy of it, about what time you post, because I know oh, yeah. when I went out to San Diego for social media marketing world, mm-hmm. there was somebody there who was saying, you know, you should be posting at least two times every single day and you should try to find out what time you're getting the best response based on different time zones. Because yeah. I think here in America, I think, and you know, I try to be more conscious of the fact that that my show has gotten listeners from 134 countries around the world. Mm -hmm. And I've been telling myself recently, yes, I've had guests on from nine different countries, but I need to have more international guests on. And I think when we post, especially those of us uh, listeners, the girls and I all live in Florida, you know, we kind of think here in Florida or we think maybe the East Coast, maybe we think the U.S. at at best. But, you know, when it comes to time of day, you Mm -hmm. forget about that person who's in Australia that's looking and, you know, and you just missed him or her because of the time difference. Mm -hmm. You definitely do. I think it's best to just look at your analytics and what the majority of your demographic is post during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for example, 10 (laughs) a.m., our time is not the best time to post because everyone's just waking up, you know? Yeah. Um, So I think definitely looking at your analytics and knowing who your demographic is helps, Yeah. But help me understand, if if at 10 a.m. everyone's just waking up, aren't they grabbing their phone and starting to surf the feed so you want to be in there? Usually. They could be going to work, too. Yeah. So So we found that for us, like, we like to post, like, later in the day. Four o'clock or later. Yeah. Because um, then, like, the kids our age are getting out of school, so then they'll be on their phone and they're not distracted of, like, oh, my goodness, like, I have schoolwork to catch up on. Um, People will be getting out of work. Um, So they'll, like, turn to their phones for, like, um, a stress relief, I guess. Kind of, yeah. So, yeah, we found, like, for us later in the day. But then once again, you still have to look at your demographic and see like where your demographic is so that like you could post when those people are like getting out of work. Exactly. Let me, let me share you with, let me share with you the challenges of posting when you're in California. <laughs> oh, I've been no. out there enough, <laughs> and I think, okay, I got to do social. Oh my gosh. And then I look and see what time it is and I yeah. go back home in Florida. It's already 540. I have no position to do my post right now. I know. And, and that really starts your wheels turning about sensitivity to time and, and yeah. when people respond. And then you start talking yourself into, yeah, but out here it's only 240. So who's looking at it now? <laughs> it's, a, it's a real battle. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, if you have some kind of management, you still have to be an active participant in helping your career grow. While ultimately, yes, the buck stops with you, you do owe your management an explanation when you're turning down an opportunity, especially when it starts to become opportunities, plural, that you're saying no to. Remember also that you are impacting their reputation, so if they send you out on something and you're late, that might hinder their chances of putting you or another one of their clients back into something with those folks another time. 
It all comes around at some point, so you need to be proactive, positive, professional, invested in all aspects of your career. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. One more social media item here, and then we'll move on. <laughs> but I have even seen Diamond Dixie doing a fan shout-out on your Instagram post. Talk about that. Oh, yeah. So we really appreciate the people that are on our social media, like always giving us support, always commenting, liking our posts and everything, because it really means a lot to us mm-hmm. when we see those people supporting us so much. So we're like, oh, well, how can we kind of like give back in a way um, that makes them feel special? So we've um, started to do this thing where every single post we do, we'll give a fan a shout out and it's a new one each post and we'll try to stay consistent with it and like do like every single post. And so far we've been good with that for like the past oh, yeah. two months I think we've been doing I think that. so That's so yeah. is that just one-sided that the two of you are doing it or is it a contest is it how it's, how does someone become the one who gets the shout out um the person that gets the shout out needs to always be like we always pick someone that we always see commenting on our posts um liking supporting us um like we'll get a lot of people that direct message us and they're like, Oh my gosh. Like, like just having like good conversations Mm -hmm. with them. And I don't know, we just pick the people that we always see supporting us. Um, and then we also do like, Oh, make sure you turn on your post notifications. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get a lot of direct messages of people that take a screenshot of them listening to our music. And so we're like, that's cool. You're getting a fan. out. So it's stuff like that, you know, it's the little things that just make our day. We want to make, their day so yeah just giving it back to them okay please go easy on me i'm gonna ask your <laughs> forgiveness but if you haven't figured out by now i'm like exceptionally anal i'm very detail oriented <laughs> so are you like keeping track and, and writing a list of all the ones that you've done it for because how it's, do you know that like oh this person always responds and then you do a fan shout out it's like <laughs> oh we did it 11 days ago to that same it's person. actually funny because so far it hasn't been as bad as I thought it would be, but there has been one time where Gabriella posted something a day after I posted something, and we accidentally shouted out the same person. Like, but then, in a row. Yeah, like the same person <laughs> in a row. Um, but then she was like, oh my gosh, I got shouted out twice. So it honestly, like, it wasn't that big of a deal as yeah. I thought it'd be. It doesn't backfire <laughs> on us. Yeah. You know, like a fan... If you shout them out five times in a row, like they're not going to hate you for that. They're going to love you for it. Well, I mean, I'm thinking of the other person that's going, hey, that's two days in a row that XYZ underscore one, two, three got shouted out. (laughs) Who are they? And I've been posting on that. I've been, that's, that's interesting that we're having this conversation though, because I've always wondered people who have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers and they get a thousand likes on their picture. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I know those people don't sit there and look and see who's liking every picture. But mm-hmm. it sounds like the two of you sort of are because it's, otherwise, how do you know who are the people that really yeah. are engaging? I mean, in addition to, to comments and to DMs. Yeah, right. it's really strange because I always thought that too, like, oh my goodness, these people with like such a huge following, like they're never really going to like know their audience. But it's funny because as we're like going through this, like um, as we're like, building a fan base and everything it's just like there's certain names that just like stick out to you because there's always those people 
um, like supporting you and everything. And we've even met some people in person. They're like, oh, I'm so-and-so from Instagram. It's like, oh my gosh, I do remember you just because like you always see that name on your social media. So it's weird how that actually works because you do like see certain people they're like always liking, always commenting and everything. Oh right? my gosh. That's what XYZ underscore one, two, three looks like. <laughs> Not what I pictured at yeah. all. <laughs> uh, listeners, is, the, is this helpful? I hope this is, you know, this is a large part of what I want this show to be all the time is, is helping the listeners, especially those of you who are aspiring performers. I'm thinking back for some reason randomly to episode 62 with singer-songwriter Elena from up in Nashville, who we were talking a lot about the crowdfunding that she had done for her latest recording and that's where it came out. I never knew this, that there's such a thing she experienced fortunately early enough in her Kickstarter campaign, but it turns out that there are bad people out there and there are people who put in false pledges. And Mm. so that episode, listeners, if you want to go back and listen to episode 62 and hear what Elena had to say, uh, that's what I'm, one of the many things I'm trying to accomplish with this, with this show. So um, the girls are sharing a lot of good insights here to social media, particularly Instagram. So I, I hope this is very helpful. Ladies, we saw each other last summer in Nashville Mm -hmm. at the Summer NAM show. Listeners, I will be back there at that event later this month, June 28th to the 30th. Do get in touch if you're going to be around then slash there and would like to meet. Funny enough, this past January when I was at the Winter NAM show in Anaheim, California, I interviewed a duo from Nashville called Dixie Jade for (laughs) episode 214. So how did Diamond Dixie get to be at last year's Summer NAM show? And will you all be back there again this time too? Last year, we had the privilege of going with uh, Kaiser, and we got to play at the Kaiser booth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really, really awesome, and we had so much fun. I don't think we'll be there this year. We just have so much going on this summer with gigs uh, here in Orlando. Yeah. Um, but we don't know. Maybe we'll be at Winter Nam. So yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kaiser, is that an ongoing sponsorship that Diamond Dixie has, or was that kind of a one-time special event? It's a sponsorship. Mm-hmm. We have a really good relationship with the people at Kaiser, and we love repping their products. We think their products are awesome. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I was going to say, tell the listeners who aren't musicians who Kaiser is and what their products are. Yeah, so Kaiser is a brand that makes um, capos, and basically what that is is if you don't play guitar, it's basically something that you put on your guitar to make it like a higher-sounding mm-hmm. guitar, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, And they're so... like. The way they make their capos is so much easier to use because it doesn't like get in the way of like your guitar playing hand. So I don't know. I really like them compared to the rest of the capos. Out oh yeah, there. and they make so many cool colors. And for all my girls out there, they make them sparkly and all that oh, stuff. Oh, we have all the sparkly. We ones. do. <laughs> <laughs> we are on location today in Orlando, Florida, where I am joined by Diamond Dixie singers, songwriters. Gabriella and Bianca LaDuke. Gabriella plays guitar and Bianca does too, in addition to banjo. Visit their official website at diamonddixie.com. Once you are there, among other content, you will see icons for their social media. They are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and as you heard, Instagram. Be sure to keep up with them online to see where and when you can go see them perform live. And of course, do purchase their music. It is streaming on Spotify, but you will help the girls out more if you purchase it from iTunes. And of course, you heard us talk before about their merchandise, which you can get as well as their music from diamonddixie.com. We are very much on social media too. Simply go to nhte.net and you'll see icons there for all the different platforms that we're on. And then do like, follow, engage, all that stuff on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. 
Ladies, I mentioned that we saw each other last summer in Nashville. We also then saw each other this past December at the House of Blues Mm -hmm. here in Orlando, Disney Springs, while formerly known as Downtown Disney. Diamond Dixie really gained a a strong foothold there in in 2017. Mm -hmm. I I believe that y'all played there three times. Yeah, we played the House of Blues. How how have you managed to get so many bookings at such a, a popular venue? And by popular venue, I mean a place where so many artists are trying to get booked. The fact that we're from Orlando, Florida, and the House of Blues is in Orlando, that just kind of makes it easy. And then having, um, being like locally known, I guess that's how the House of Blues just knows of us. It was weird because when we played our show um, at the House of Blues in December, I looked at my emails and this girl was like, hey, you want to play the House of Blues? We're like, yeah, sure. It was so so last minute. And so we had to really like push on social media like, hey, guys, we're playing House of Blues. Like, come out. Like, we have free tickets, all this stuff. (laughs) It was funny because when we'd hang out with friends, we would give like each of our friends 10 tickets where we're like, hey, you're coming to our House of Blues show and you're bringing nine other friends. (laughs) Like, that's how last minute it was. Um, But that's pretty much how we get booked there. Yeah. Because it sounds like you're saying that the House of Blues knows that they can count on you to bring a following, which those of us in the music business know that at the end of the day, that's what all these venues want is they want to know that whoever's doing the live music is going to bring them a crowd. Mm -hmm, But it still feels, even though I just made that statement, this is going to sound, sound contradictory, but it still feels to me like it's probably a lot different when the House of Blues says, we want to book you, parentheses, because we know you're going to bring us a big big crowd, right? Mm -hmm. Wink, wink, versus... When you just go and book yourself at a local place where, yeah, they they hope you do, but I just, I don't know, am I right that you don't feel the same type of pressure bringing that crowd to the other venues as you do at a, I mean, it's a, it's a very well-known international oh, yeah. brand, oh, yeah. House of Blues. Yeah, I feel like um, for other shows that like aren't the House of Blues, um, they're just kind of wanting you there just to like provide live music, but then for the House of Blues type shows, um, they are there counting on you to bring the following and everything. Mm-hmm. Are there more jitters going on stage at the House of Blues than at the places that you're playing that, <laughs> that aren't like, the House of Blues? <laughs> I feel like there definitely are, but for the most part, I feel like we don't really get nervous. We don't get nervous. I remember stage. when we played the House of Blues, though, like I was jumping up and down because I was so excited. Yeah. I was like, we get like wow. super pumped. They're like, I guess. it's the same feeling as nerves, like the butterflies and stuff, but it's not nervousness it's more like excited yeah excitement I guess yeah um so that was really funny because I remember telling you I was like I need to get on that stage because this feeling is like consuming me right now yeah um but it's weird you know sometimes we play these small shows and um depending on the level of importance sometimes I'll be like Bianca I'm kind of nervous for this um (laughs) but yeah for the most part we really don't get nervous we love playing music and we love showing um, our fans new music and stuff mm-hmm. like that and Bianca so. when she says that to you oh my gosh I'm actually a little nervous do you ever come back to her with sorry but I am too I can't help you out <laughs> um or or do you not kind of, really or, or do you kind of balance each other out I was gonna say I think we kind of balance each we other do. out yeah our mom says we're the perfect like duo because what I lack she has and what she lacks I yeah, have we balance so. each other out pretty <laughs> yeah good. And when one of do. you is up the other one is down and you can kind of help yeah, each other out definitely yeah that's awesome that's awesome speaking of performing live the two of you recently were part of the first Moose Smyrna Beach Songwriters Festival ironically two weeks ago on this show my guest was Renita Cross the founder of the Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival which will have its 10th such event later this year 
Uh, ladies, was that your first Songwriters Festival, and, and, and how was it? What was your experience like with that event, especially being different from the gigs that you're used to playing? Yeah, well, it was really fun, and it was our first Songwriters Festival. We've played other Songwriters rounds, but this was like the first like festival we've been a part of. Um, and it was really cool because we're used to playing shows, so like we get up on stage and we kind of have a more organized... like show I guess but for this we're just like sitting down on bar stools showing people new music and everything and I thought it was really cool because we do have some new music in the works so it was cool to see like the audience reactions Mm -hmm. to um like what they feel about our new music and all that stuff yeah yeah testing out the songs and and kind of go back home and say to each other like I feel like we got a good response to yeah yeah. and And it definitely shows you like which songs um people are relating to yeah. Well, and then again, you know, different from Bianca, you started to say before, you know, some of the places that book you, it's like, we just need live music, yeah. you know? And so as thankful as you are to get those opportunities, you're going into it saying, okay, we're playing pretty much cover songs, you know, yeah. 95% of the time we're here, mm-hmm. but we're songwriters and we have a brand and we're trying to build the Diamond Dixie catalog. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden you go to a songwriters festival and they go, no cover songs. And you go, great. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there, I, I imagine you were probably able to play, like you said, some of the new stuff as mm-hmm. well as other Diamond Dixie originals that oh, yeah. maybe you don't get the chance to play very often at the places around yeah. here. I've noticed that for us, when we play shows, we try to sprinkle in a good amount of original songs so that it's kind of like 50-50 with like originals and covers. Um, and I remember we played this one place where they just wanted us for background music during like early dinner time. And um, so we were playing. It was Gabrielle and I. I'm laughing. And then... Not these two. Not these two. These two, you can't do. I know. And then... let, 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 let me interrupt because, Gabriella, when you were saying about jumping around, being all excited, oh, yeah. I can just picture that. I can picture you going, oh, yeah. we're at the stinking house of blues. Like, I yeah, want to get I up there on stage. Can you, I cannot <laughs> yeah. believe we're playing this place. And so now, Bianca, to, to resume what you were saying, yeah. I can't picture the two of you being somewhere. And they're oh, like, no. we just want background music. Just kind of let the people eat. It's like, okay, you don't know who we are. <laughs> oh, then. I know. We have so much energy when we're up on stage. So it was the two of us, and then our brother, he plays drums, or at the time, he was playing drums for us. Now he's actually, like, playing electric guitar for us. But anyway, so it's just the three of us, and um, the manager came up to us, and he's like, can you, like, lower the volume and just, like, kind of, like, take it down a notch? And we're like, "Um, (laughs) okay. So then we ended up playing a slow, like, in our set, we had a slow song that we played, and it was just Gabriella, me, and a guitar playing and he's like that's the perfect volume and we're like um that's not who we are though so then we ended up getting fired from the place we did wow. we got fired so was that, funny. Was, that was really funny well without getting really deep deep into the woods with this i, I think this is a good teaching moment for the listeners who are performers themselves because mm-hmm. I, I i was starting to wonder you know did they ever go back meaning i thought it was going to be your own choice but was it kind of, you know, you finished out the whole booking and yeah. then at the end he's like, forget it. Like that's yeah. not. Yeah. yeah, we did. We finished the booking and it was so funny because our last song was this classic rock song. So we just went full volume. We're like, yeah. we're, we know we're not coming back. Let's just go out with a bang. <laughs> okay. like, yeah. And for us, we would rather be who we are than like change who we are for someone else's needs, I guess. I guess Especially yeah. when performing, because I feel like you just really need to put you need to like 
be unique and be yourself and everything. So we knew we weren't going to get booked again just because of his attitude. So we're like, you know what? Let's just go out with a bang. And like the <laughs> audience really enjoyed it. So like, yeah. I don't know why he had a problem with it, but anyway, it was fun. It's a story to tell now. <laughs> well, yeah. And the thing is that Gabrielle, I think you, you used the expression first before, which is putting on a show mm-hmm. and you know, there is a difference and I'm, and I'm thrilled to hear, you know, that, that diamond Dixie does kind of have the mindset of, wait a minute, we're here to put on a show. And mm-hmm. when I saw the two of you perform at house of blues, I mean, I could tell <laughs> that this was a diamond Dixie show yeah. that it's not, you know, sorry, but we're not just here to sing songs into a microphone and, yeah. and play our mm-hmm. instruments, which is kind of what you're describing at the other place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I understand that part of the live music world, but that's not who diamond Dixie is. And so, I'm giving you all kinds of compliments. One is that, you know, <laughs> is that you have this kind of show mentality. And the yeah. other one is to recognize that, you know, I'm sorry, but if you're hiring us, we're coming out to put on a show. And if yeah. that's not really what you're looking for, then, you know, and it's hard. Right. It's hard to pass up the money oh, yeah. but to say, you know, well, this venue just might not be for us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of musicians, they they get asked what their favorite part of the music industry is. And some people are like, oh, the recording. Some people will say the songwriting. For us, it's the show. Like, Mm -hmm. we really look up to, like, I mean, everyone looks up to Taylor Swift. (laughs) But Taylor Swift, um, I know they're not so relevant, but the Bam Perry. um, We really, like, focus on their show and try to, like, not mimic, but just watch what they're doing and see how we can. yeah, Yeah, how we can take that same concept. So when you... Um, ask us to just go perform in the corner and just keep it at a low volume. That's kind of hard for us. (laughs) Well, and let's let the listeners in on a little secret, a little bit of the behind the scenes, you know, what goes into setting up these interviews. So the first time we did this back at Crystal Blue Sound Studios, I didn't do a good job, a good enough job communicating with the girls and they came ready to do a performance. They Mm -hmm. came dressed for it. They brought their instruments. And so this time around, I had to say, you know, this is audio only. There's no reason to get dressed as though you're doing a show because I know and, and um, at the House of Blues, Bianca, you had, um, help me out with the right word. I'm going to say bandana, but. Uh, oh, around my to, microphone. Yeah. 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 I had like a scarf wrapped around it. A scarf. And I mean, you were, you were working the microphone yeah. stand. The two of you obviously play off each other really well. And, you know, obviously you dress for those shows. I mean, you could tell that, like I said, that it is a Diamond Dixie show mm-hmm. and it's not hey, we've got this group called Diamond Dixie that's going to come up here and play some songs. No, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. be farther from the truth. And I think it's funny because um, our dad was like an 80s rocker, so he got us really like into classic rock. And I feel like that, like listening to classic rock and watching live videos of like older rock bands has kind of influenced that love for putting on a show. Oh, yeah. yeah, you see a guy Definitely. like Pete Townsend and the guitar and stuff like that, and guys yeah. that kick over the drum and everything. And they <laughs> oh, go, wow, yeah. these guys are into it. That's yeah. you know, that's we don't want to be all stiff on stage. And, yeah, exactly. And just do it. People are going to go, oh gosh, what a waste of time. I'm not going to come and see them. <laughs> exactly. Again. We're almost out of time, but we can't do this whole interview. You just started to mention Ronnie. As as much as <laughs> Gabriella and Bianca are the faces of Diamond Dixie, your brother is very often seen performing with the two of you. I know there will be a lot of people listening to this episode because they're fans of Diamond Dixie. So right now they're saying, Bruce, duh. But, <laughs> but since we've been blessed to get listeners from 134 countries around the world, there will be folks who are just being introduced to y'all for the first time. So tell them about Ronnie, his age, what he plays, and so on. 
Yeah, so we have a younger brother, and his name is obviously Ronnie. He is 16, so he's the... He's the baby. He's the, the baby. Right? He's the tallest. How yeah. tall is he? Six? He's like six four. Yeah. I, yeah. Now see, yeah. I'm, this is I'm learning something here. I didn't know that he was the baby because oh, yeah. he is so tall. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he must be the oldest out of the three yeah, of them. Everyone no. thinks he's the oldest, but it's like, nope. And he's like really mature for his age, so he does not seem his age at yeah, all. He definitely. But does it. we've been so blessed to have him. Um, have like a passion for music and want to be a part of this too because he started out playing drums for us so it was just the three of us and then as we were growing and everything as a band and as a brand and everything um he started to realize that he was really into electric guitar so then we ended up adding a drummer and a bassist and he switched to electric so now that's kind of like our band set up mm-hmm. and so he's really enjoying like all this yeah. stuff but come on he's your little brother so there's probably a point in time where you're like come on really like we both play guitar we don't need a third guitar player stick with the cajon stick oh, no. with the drums he's amazing at electric guitar <laughs> really good like gabrielle and i play guitar but it's just like rhythm and everything but he can shred he smokes us on, on an electric guitar it is insane <laughs> it's funny because sometimes like i'll play you know a wrong chord and he's like gabriella come on get with it so it's, it's like almost like he, he keeps he us takes, in line he definitely keeps us in line it's almost like he takes like the role of like the band manager yeah. kind of now <laughs> where funny. did all this guitar playing come from did your dad play guitar did the three of you take lessons how did everybody and, and especially did ronnie how did he become so adept to, wh- where is all this coming from yeah so our dad was always into guitar like when he was younger he played guitar when he was in college um he started a band and he was the electric guitarist for his band so he's just always been into guitar so at a young age he taught us how to play guitar so there's always kind of been that influence there and then at least for ronnie um he would listen to like eddie van halen he would listen to slash and like all these guys that would just like shred it on guitar and so that really influenced him to start practicing a lot and like learn like what all these guys are doing um for us we've never like at least for guitar we're we're never like interested in like (laughs) shredding yeah definitely not i know with ronnie he actually told us this the other day when he was in i think fourth or fifth grade um he heard that there was this new kid at school and he played guitar and I guess he played Sweet Child of Mine or something yeah like just that. like the intro of it and I guess he did an amazing job so this new kid was like the talk of the fourth yeah. grade or whatever and Ronnie got so jealous which made him start to practice guitar which actually like kick-started wow. his like wow. guitar but he said like, he locked experience. himself in his room for like three hours and learned this song he was like i want to be the talk of fourth grade Sitting in front of youtube and watching yeah all the chords. yeah so uh we're gonna close today with a song of yours called reckless before we let you go though tell the listeners all about this song please um so reckless is a song that we wrote a few years ago and it's basically a song about being in a relationship and just like knowing that you can be yourself and you're just feeling like so free and just being around this person just makes you feel reckless, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Reckless in a responsible way or very responsible. Very responsible. It's <laughs> funny because <laughs> Bianca and I are certainly not reckless. We're <laughs> no, very we responsible. Have, we, we have friends tease us. There was this one guy and he's like, okay guys, why do you have a song called reckless when you guys are like, in bed by nine. Yeah, you're in bed by nine. You don't go out partying and everything. And we're like, it's a metaphor. Yeah, yeah it's a metaphor. <laughs> when you guys are unreckless or disreckless or whatever is the opposite of reckless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, ladies, thanks ever so much. Great to see you both again. Me too. I'm, I'm we had so much fun. Yeah. Glad that we were able to get you back on the show. Definitely. Oh, yeah. 
Listeners that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to Gabriella and Bianca LaDuke. They are Diamond Dixie. Check them out online at their official website, diamonddixie.com. And then engage with them on social media. Here I go. I'm going to wag my finger at at the (laughs) listeners. That means like their Facebook page. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. Now I'm pounding my fist on the table. (laughs) And then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell them that you heard them and their music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Heck, go back and listen to their first interview on this show on episode 63. We will have a link to that one and the other past episodes that I mentioned all on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Keep up with Diamond Dixie online so you can see where and when you can go see them perform live. And again, while their music is streaming on Spotify, do support the girls by purchasing their music from iTunes or directly from DiamondDixie.com. As I mentioned before, we are very much on social media too. Simply go to NHTE.net and you will see icons there for all the different platforms that we're on. And then do like, follow, engage, all that stuff on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out with another song from Diamond Dixie. This is the one they just talked about. It's called Reckless. You have a way of coming easily to me. to me.